0: then with regard to what follows then at, taha, at tahawi he said in what is numbered here as point number 194 hibbu rasulillah sallallahu wa ala alihi and we love the companions of Allah's messenger Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam The one point that we'll take today insha'Allah That and we have love For the companions of Allah's messenger Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam May Allah extol him And his true followers And grant him perfect peace And security Then Sheikh al-Fawzan, hafidhullah, he said First of all, defining this word He said, ashab, companions Is the plural of sahib Ashab is the plural of sahib Companions is the plural of companion And then he defines What, who is a companion? Who is a sahab? Who Who is a sahabi? He said, a sahabi, a companion is أَلَّذِي لَقِي الْرَسُولُ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ بِهِ وَمَاتَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ He said a companion is one who met the messenger whilst being a believer in him. And he died upon that. So here, Shaykh al-Fawzan mentions the three conditions For a person to be labelled a Sahabi A companion A companion of the Messenger Sallallahu He fulfills these three things He met the Messenger وسلم, That when he met him He was a believer And that he died a believer He said So if a person believed in him But didn't meet him then he will not be a companion. Even if he lived at the same time as the Prophet وسلم, such as An Najashi, such as the Negus, An Najashi, the ruler of Abyssinia. I mean, that he believed in the Prophet وسلم, and died upon that belief, but he, he never got to meet. The messenger, so therefore, he's not counted as being a companion. Oh. Then the Shaykh said, and likewise, it is a condition to have Iman in him and to die upon that. So, apostasy, ridda. In mean, turning apostate, leaving Islam, and dying upon that nullifies companionship and the rest of deeds. I mean if someone, someone met the Prophet وسلم, and believed in him at that time, but later in life they left Islam and they died upon unbelief, then they are no longer counted as being a companion. And indeed, as the Shaykh said, and that nullifies the apostasy, will null- nullify all of their deeds. Not just companionship, but all of their deeds, of course. Then he said, having de- moving on from having defined what is a companion, he said, And the companions of Allah's Messenger, وسلم, they are the most excellent of all generations and nations. After the prophets and messengers. And that was because they met the chosen prophet and they believed in him, they had iman in him, and they fought jihad along with him, and they took knowledge from him. and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam loved them and allah chose them as companions for his prophet then shaykh fawzan mentions a number of ayahs as evidence for the excellence of the companions and for what he has just mentioned he said and Allah says, La Koda Radiallahu Anil Muminina Id Yubayuna Katacha Shajarati for Alima Murphy Kulubihim, Fanzala Sakina so to Alihim, Wa Atherbahum Fathan Kariba Sortal Fat, the forty eighth Sora, Ayah eighteen, with the explanation Allah was indeed pleased. With the believers when they gave you the pledge. When they gave you, meaning Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam the pledge beneath the tree. Meaning at Hudaybiyyah. the treaty of Hudaybiyyah. So Allah was indeed pleased with the believers when they gave you the pledge, beneath the tree. So He knew what was in their hearts. So he sent down tranquility upon them and he rewarded them with a victory close at hand. And before moving on to the next ayah that Sheikh Al-Fawzan quotes, then just some tafsir with regard to this ayah and just some parts of the ayah as At-Tabari mentions, and Ibn Kathir and others mention that this ayah was sent down with regard to the incident of the treaty, of the, the peace treaty at Hudaybiyah, and the pledge which was given to the Prophet sallallahu And it's mentioned the pledge that was given beneath the tree, a shajara, and they mention At-Tabari mentions that this was a certain thorny tree at Hudaybiyah, where they gave the pledge and then there are some authentic reports that the companions the next year that they came to the same place they could not even recognize that tree they couldn't recognize the tree and then there are other reports that Umar, in the town of Umar an, that some people claimed it was a certain tree and they started going there, deliberately going to this tree and so Umar an, and Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentions about him, he had this tree cut down People started claiming this was the tree where the pledge was given to the Prophet ﷺ, and they took it as to a place to go and visit. Umar radiallahu an, from his great fiqh, he had the tree chopped down. Wallahu anam. Then, with regard to some tafsir of this ayah, then with regard to the saying of Allah the Most High, فَعَلِمَهْ مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ So he knew what was in their hearts. Then at tabari said, He the Most High in renown says, So your Lord knew, O Muhammad, what was in the hearts of the believers from your companions when they gave you the pledge beneath the tree. He knew the sincerity of their intention. He knew the truthfulness of their intention. And he knew that they would fulfill the pledge that they gave to him. And that they would have patience along with you with regard to the next part of the ayah so therefore he sent down tranquility upon upon them At-Tabari said he says so he sent down tranquility and firmness upon what they he sent down tranquility upon them and firmness upon what they were upon from their religion and what they were upon with regard to good knowledge and insight of the truth which Allah had guided them to (laughs) and with regard to the next part of the ayah وَأَثَابَهُمْ فَتْحًا قَرِيبًا and that Allah gave them a victory close at hand then again At Tabari said Ibn Jirayr tabari said in his Tafsir, he says, and he gave them, in, he gave them very soon in place of what they had hoped to gain from the booty of the people of Mecca. I mean, they had hoped to get booty from, the, to attack the people of Mecca, defeat them and get booty from them. But this didn't happen. Instead, they had a peace treaty at, at Hudaybiyah. So Tabari said the meaning of this is وَأَثَابَهُمْ فَتْحًا Qarība?' And he rewarded them with a close victory. He said he gave them in place of what they had hoped to gain from the booty of the people of Mecca by their fighting its people. Instead of, that, instead of that, he gave them a victory close at hand. And that is, as is said, the conquest of Khaybar. Conquest of Khaybar. Mean that very soon after that, Allah granted them victory over the Jews of Khaybar. And this was likewise the saying of Qatada from the Tabi'een, that this close victory, it refers to Khaybar. As for Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir, then he said in his tafsir, the meaning of this is, this close victory that they were granted, he said, It is that which Allah, the mighty and majestic, caused to occur at their hands with regard to the peace treaty itself between them and their enemy and the good that occurred because of that the general and continual good which was joined to the conquest of Khaybar and the conquest of Mecca and then the conquest of the rest of the lands and the regions and the honor victory I'm being raised up in this life and in the next life, which followed on from that. So that's the first ayah which Shaykh al-Fawzan quotes. Then he quotes another ayah with regard to the virtues of the companions. He said, And he, the one free of all imperfections, said, Muhammadun Rasulullah, wal ma'ahu ashidda'u ala al kuffari ala al kuffari ruhama'u baynahum, تراهم ركعا سجدا يبتغون فضلا من الله وردوانا سيماهم في, سيماهم في وجوههم من أثر السجود ذلك مثلهم في التوراة ومثلهم في الإنجيل كزرع أخرج شَطأه فآزره فاستغلظ فاستوى على سوقه يؤجب الزراء ليغيظ بهم الكفار اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْهُمْ مَغْفِرَةً مِنْ وَأَجْرًا Surah so, al the same surah as the previous ayah, the 48th surah, ayah 29. With the explanation, Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And his companions who are with him are stern against the unbelievers and merciful amongst themselves. You will see them performing ruku and performing prostration, sajda, seeking Allah's favour and his pleasure. Their sign will be seen upon their faces from the effects of prostration. That is their description occurring in the Taurat. And their description in the Injeel is that of a plant which sends out a side shoot so it strengthens it so that it grows strong and it grows straight upon its stalk. The sowers are delighted by it so that Allah enrages the unbelievers through them I mean this is an example of the companions and then through them through those companions Allah enrages the unbelievers Allah has indeed promised those who truly believe and work righteous deeds from you forgiveness and a tremendous reward And just bring, so again, some tafsir with regard to this ayah. Then Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir said, with, this is again extra to what occurs in the lesson. And with regard to this ayah, then Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir said, his saying, Tara hum wa You will see them performing ruku and performing sajda. Seeking Allah's favor and his pleasure. Ibn Kathir said, he described them here with performing plentiful deeds and plentiful salat, plentiful prayer, and that is the best of deeds. And he described them with al ikhlas, purity and sincerity of worship. Meaning, in his saying that they did that, yabta'oon fadlan minallahi wa ridwana, that they do these deeds seeking Allah's favor and his pleasure so Ibn Kathir said so they're described with plentiful good deeds and plentiful prayer which is the best deed and described with ikhlas being pure and sincere in in those deeds doing them purely for Allah the mighty and majestic and seeking reward for them doing them seeking reward from Allah and that is paradise seeking paradise which includes Allah's bounty Allah's bounty which is extensive provision upon them and seeking his pleasure, he the Most High and that is even greater, that is even greater and with regard to the part of the ayah that you will see فِي وُجُوهِهِمْ مِّنْ أَثَرِ That their signs will be upon their faces from the effects of prostration. Then both At-Tabari and Ibn Kathir, they mention a number of different sayings from the Salaf about what it means that the believers will have these signs upon their faces from the effects of prostration. So they mention amongst these different sayings are that it means you'll see them having fine conduct. Or some say it means you'll see them having humility. And submissiveness, means being submissive to Allah. And some say it means that they will have yellowness upon their faces. Some say it means light upon their faces. And some say you will see the traces of tiredness from their carrying out difficult obligations and recommendations to Allah. and some mention that's with regard to this world and in the hereafter they will have the, the blazes the white marks on their faces and their arms and their legs a'lam. and as a further side point then Al-Haf- Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir mentioned something else with regard to this ayah. That Imam Malik in one saying that he extracted from the part of the ayah bihim That the ayah referring to the companions that Allah, through them Allah will cause the unbelievers to be enraged. Ibn Kathir said so Imam Malik in one narration he extracted from that part of the ayah that the Rafidah unbelievers. The Rafidah, Shia, are Kuffar. I mean, because they are people who are enraged at the companions. And in the ayah, Allah the Most High mentioned, that he causes the unbelievers to become enraged at the companions. So Imam Malik extracted from that, that therefore this is another evidence that the Rafidah, Shia, are Kuffar. Then back to what Sheikh al-Fawzan brings in his explanation, Then sheik al-Fawzan said And the companions, the Sahaba Were the most excellent of generations As is shown by his saying Alayhi salatu was salam Khairul quroon Qarani Thumma alladheen yalunahum Thumma alladheen yalunahum The hadith reported by al-Bukhari As hadith 2652 and reported by Muslim and it's from a hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, and the wording you'll find there, That the best of mankind is my generation and then those who follow them and then those who follow them. My generation, the companions, and then those who follow on from them in the Tabi'een, and then those who follow on from them in Atba'u Tabi'een. Shaykh Al Fawzan said, So they are the best of generations by virtue of their being companions of the Prophet. So therefore, having love for them is Iman having love for them is true faith and having hatred of them is nifaq having hatred of them is hypocrisy Allah the Most High said "Li بِهِمُ الْكُفَّارِ Surah al Suratul the 48th surah that's the part of the ayah that we already just had Surah al the 48th surah ayah 29 so that Allah should enrage the unbelievers through them I mean through the companions then Shaykh of Awzan said so what is obligatory upon all of the Muslims is to have love for the companions all of them by the text of the ayah because of the fact that Allah the mighty and majestic has love for them and because of the fact that the Prophet وسلم, loved them. And because they strove and fought jihad in Allah's cause. And they spread Islam throughout the east and the west of the earth. And they assisted the Messenger. And they believed in Him. And they followed the light. Which was sent down Along with him This is the aqeed This is the aqeedah, The creed and belief Of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah As the Shaykh said So what's obligatory upon all of the Muslims Is to love all of the Sahaba And he gave all of those reasons For that As it clearly stated in the ayah That Allah loves them Because Allah loves them And because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Loved them and because they fought jihad In Allah's cause And because they spread Islam To the east and the west of the earth And because they assisted the messenger And because they believed in him They had iman in him And because they followed the light Which, which was sent down Which he came with Then Shaykh fawzan said So when Allah mentioned the muhajireen And the ansar In Surat Al-Hashar It was the muhajireen The Muslims of Mecca." Who moved to Al-Madina And the Ansar, the Muslims of Al-Madina The Sheikh said So when Allah mentioned the Muhajireen and the Ansar In Surt Al-Hashar He, the one free of all imperfections, said لِلْفُقَرَاءِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرَدْوَانًا وَيَنْصُرُونَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ السَّادِقُونَ والذين تبوأوا الدار والإيمان من قبلهم يحبون من هاجر إليهم ولا يجدون في صدورهم حاجة مما أوتوا ويؤثرون, ويؤثرون على أنفسهم ولو كان بهم خصاصة ومن يوق شح نفسه فأولئك هم المفلحون والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Surah Al-Hashr, 59th Surah, Ayas 8-10 With the explanation There is a share in the booty for the poor and needy from the muhajireen Those who were expelled from their homes and from their wealth they left Seeking favor from Allah and his pleasure. And aiding Allah's religion and his messenger. They are the truthful ones. And there is a share in the booty. For those who were before them. Or for the... Ansar there is a share in the booty for those who before them had homes in Al-Madinah and had iman those who love those who migrate to them and they do not find any envy in their hearts from what they are from what they have been given indeed they give preference to them over their own selves even though they themselves were very poor and needy. (coughs) And whoever is protected by Allah from the avarice of his own soul, then they are the successful ones. And those who come after them say, O our Lord, forgive us, and our brothers who preceded us in Iman. And do not place hatred in our hearts towards those who believed before and as some of the people of knowledge mentioned, this ayah therefore contains a mention of three groups of people three groups of the believers the Muhajirin, and then the second ayah the ansar and also those who come after them and mentions the characteristics of each the believers from of, of Makkah who left their homes and did hijrah to Medina, the Muhajireen, the believers of Medina, the Ansar, and then the believers who came after them, the rest of the believers of this Ummah. The Shaykh al-Fawzan said, so this is the stance of the Muslims with respect to the Sahaba, with respect to the companions of Allah's Messenger, alayhi salatu was salam. They ask for forgiveness for them and they ask Allah that he does not place in their hearts hatred for the companions and likewise with regard to the family of the messenger for they have the right of being close relatives and the right of iman in other words the believers coming after the companions this is there this is what they do as is mentioned in the ayah they seek for, forgiveness for them and ask allah that he doesn't place hatred in our hearts for the companions and that they behave likewise with regard to the family of the messenger because the family of the messenger he, as Sheikh Fawzan said the family of the messenger have two rights upon us they have the right of his close relatives and they have the right of Iman, I mean, they have the right of, of any believer and they have a special right as well the right of the family of the Messenger. They have two rights over us. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, And the position of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah is to have love and alliance towards the family of the Prophet. Then he said, then he mentions two of the extreme deviant groups on, in this matter. As for the Nawasib, as for the Nawasib, Nawasib being the plural of Nasibi, he said, then they ally themselves to the companions, but they have hatred for the, the family or the household of the Prophet, alayhi and therefore they are called an Nawasib, the hostile ones, because they have hostility towards the family of the Prophet alayhi He said, Linasbihim al-Adawa, li baiti li nabi alayhi salatu wa salam. They call nawasib, which literally means to erect or set something up, in this case or to be erect, enmity which is what it means here to erect they erect and have enmity and hostility towards the family of the prophet sallallahu wasallam this is the nawasib they claim alliance to the companions in general but with regard to the family of the prophet sallallahu then they have enmity towards them that's the first deviant group he mentions then he mentions the second deviant group and the rafida the rawafid the rafida shia He said the Ruafid are opposite to that. They claim to have love and alliance towards the family and household, the Ahlul Ahlul Bayt, the family and household of the Prophet ﷺ. But they hate the companions. They have hatred towards the companions. And they curse them, and they declare them to be unbelievers, and they blame them. Having mentioned the true position The position of the people of the sunnah and the jama'ah He mentions these two deviant positions That of the Nawasib Those who hate The family of the Prophet And that of the Rafidah Those who hate the rest of the companions All the rest of the companions And declare them to be kafirs And they curse them And blame Blame and rebuke them Then Shaykh Al-Fawzan said and the companions vary in degrees of excellence. So the most excellent of them are the Khulafa Ar-Rashidin, the, khulafa Ar-Rashidin, the four rightly guided Khulafa. They're the most excellent. Abu Bakr and Omar and Uthman and Ali. May Allah be pleased with them all. Ameen. The ones about whom the Prophet ﷺ said, "Alaykum bi sunnati al Those rightly guided khulafa about whom the Prophet ﷺ said, "Adhere to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided Khulafaa coming after me." cling on to that with the molar teeth in a footnote they mention this is a hadith reported by Abu Dawood and at Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and declared Hasan Sahih good authentic by Tirmidhi and it's from a hadith of a famous hadith of Al-Irabad Ibn Saria radiyallahu an famous hadith that Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, gave us an admonition which we took to be a final admonition from which our hearts trembled and our tears shed our eyes shed tears the rest to the end of the hadith containing this wording that the prophet sallallahu mentioned adhere to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa who come after me cling on to it with the molar teeth and shaykh al-albani declared the hadith sahih authentic then shaykh al-fawzan said so he mentioned that the companions differ in levels of excellence, and the most excellent are the four rightly guided caliphs: Abu Bakr and Omar and Uthman and Ali. Then he said, and then the rest of the Ashara al mubashireen bil Jannah. Then after these four are the remainder of the ten who were given the glad tidings of paradise. And they are Abu Ubaidah, Amir ibn al-Jarrah, and Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, and Sa'id ibn Zayd, and az zubayr ibn al-Awwam, and Talha ibn Ubaidillah, and Abdurrahman ibn Awf, radhiallahu anhum. May Allah be pleased with all of them. Ameen. And just a piece of homework here. Then, whoever wants, to, wants some homework, then if you can find out all of these ten who were promised paradise by name, obviously learn each of them, and we said it before, the, their names should be learnt. But if you can also find out the kunya of each of them, and at least where each of them, where and when each of them died, just as some homework, inshallah. Then Shaykh fawzan continues, so he mentioned that the levels of excellence for the companions, the most excellent were the four out of the ten, rightly guided khalafah, then the remainder of the ten, the six. Then he said, and then those who were present at Badr, and then, and then those who were present at, at the Pledge of Ridwan, Pledge of Hudaybiyyah, he said, He the Most High said, لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَايِعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ فَعَلِمَ مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ فَأَنْزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَثَابَهُمْ فَتْحًا قَرِيبًا The same ayah that we had before, Surah al fath the 48th Surah, Ayah 18, with the explanation. Allah was indeed pleased with the believers when they gave you the pledge beneath the tree mean the pledge of Ridwan at Hudaybiyah. so he knew what was in their hearts so he sent down tranquility upon them and rewarded them with a victory close at hand then Sheikh so he mentions the people of Badr then the people of the pledge of Ridwan and he said then Shaykh Fauzan said and then those who believed and fought jihad before the victory, before the fatḥ. That's the next level of companions. Then those who believed and fought jihad before the victory, then they are more excellent than the companions who believed and fought jihad after the victory. Then he quotes an ayah as evidence for this. La yastawi minkum man anfaka min kablil fat hi wa katal ula ika aadamu darajatam min aladina anfaku min baad wa katalu wa kulam wa adallahu al husna. Sotul Hadid, the 57th surah, aya 10, with the explanation Not equal are those from amongst you who spent in charity and fought before the victory they are greater in level than those who spent and fought after and Allah has promised all of them the best reward meaning paradise this ayah clearly mentions the excellence of those who were upon iman those who spent in charity and fought before the before the victory. And that both of them, both the ones who were before and those who believed and spent in charity and fought after the victory, both of them Allah has promised the best reward. With regard to the best reward, then Mujahid from the Tabi'een, Mujahid and Qatada said, it means Al-Jannah. Allah has promised Jannah for them, paradise. Then sheik Al-Fawzan said, and what is meant here by al-fath by the victory is sulh al-hudaybiyah the peace treaty at hudaybiyah that's what's meant by the victory so that those believers who believed spent in charity and fought before the peace treaty of hudaybiyah they are more excellent than those who believed spent and fought jihad after the peace treaty of hudaybiyah then he mentions the next level he said And then the muhajireen in general. And then the ansar. I mean those are the muhajireen and the ansar who don't fall into the categories mentioned before. So the the last two levels he mentioned. The muhajireen in general. And then the ansar. Then he gives evidence for that. He said because Allah gave precedence to the muhajireen over the ansar in the Qur'an. And this shows the muhajireen, those who came from Makkah, have excellence over the, over the Ansar. Because Allah gave them precedence in the Quran. He said, he the perfect said, awaluna min al wal Ansar.'" At-Tawbah, the ninth surah, ayah 100. With the explanation, and the first and foremost from the Muhajirin. And the Ansar. He said, and he, the perfect, said, Lil <laughs> "لِلْفُقَرَاءِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلاً مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَدْوَاناً وَيَنْصُرُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَا إِكَامُ الصَّادِقُونَ" So the al-Hashr, again the ayah we had before. So al-Hashr, the fifty-ninth surah, ayah eight, with the explanation: there is also a share in the booty. For the muhajireen Who were forced out from their houses And their wealth They left seeking favor from Allah And his pleasure And aiding Allah and his messenger They are the true ones So in in these ayahs This ayah and the next ayah First the muhajireen were mentioned Again the muhajireen were mentioned first Shaykh Fawzan said So they, the ones mentioned in this ayah They are the muhajireen And then he the perfect said about the Ansar, well Ladina <speaking> Tabao, well Ladina Tabao, ud dar, well e mana, min cobly him, you hibuna manha, jara ele him, wella yajiduna fee sodori him hajatamem ootu, well, you theruna alla anfusi him, while our cana be him hosasa, yuka shahanafsi ula ikahumul muflihoun. Sortle hasher, fifty ninth sorra, the next ayah, Aya nine. With the explanation and for those who resided before them in Al-Madinah and had Iman, the Ansar. They love those who migrate to them and they do not find any envy in their hearts for what they have been given, for what the Muhajireen have been given. Indeed, they give preference to them over their own selves, even though they themselves are extremely poor and needy. And whoever is protected by Allah from the avarice of his soul, then they are the successful ones. And again, as a side point, we had before the difference between al-Bukhul, miserliness, miserliness, al-Bukhul. The scholars explained that al-Bukhul, miserliness is that a person, whatever he has, he doesn't like to give it, he likes to keep, keep on hanging on to it. And as for shuh, avarice, then it's an even worse level. It's that not only does he, he has bukhul, he wants to hold whatever he has, but shuh, he also, he has desire to wrongfully grab what others have. This is shuh. So then, the end of the ayah with the explanation, so whoever is protected by Allah from the avarice of his own soul, then they are the successful ones. Then Shaykh Al-Fawzan said, so he gave precedence to the muhajireen and their deeds over the Ansar and their deeds which indicates that the Muhajirin are more excellent because they left their homeland and their wealth and they perform migration in Allah's cause which proves the trueness of their Iman and then summarizing so now he's laid down the different levels of excellence of the companions from start to finish and then Sheikh Al Fawzan summarizes and says, "So it is obligatory to have love and to ally oneself to all of the companions, and that we do not enter into those things that occurred between them with regard to wars. So whatever occurred between them with regard to wars, then it was because of interpretation." So they were mujtahidun, they were striving to do what was correct. So whoever actually attained what was correct from them, then he receives two rewards. And whoever made a mistake, then he gets one reward. And likewise they had good deeds and tremendous virtues which would wipe away any mistakes which occurred from some of them. So therefore, what is obligatory upon the Muslims is to supplicate to Allah that he be pleased with them. They say, رضي anhu," عنه, عنهم, anhum," Make dua to Allah to, to be pleased with them. What's obligatory upon the Muslims is to supplicate to Allah for Ridha that he be pleased with them. And to make excuse for them. And to defend them. So the position of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that they do not enter into any disputes that arose between the companions رضي الله عنهم because of their virtue and precedence and because of his عليه والسلام, saying لَا تَسُبُّ أَصْحَابِي فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسِ بِيَدِهِ لَوْ أَنْفَقَ أَحَدُكُمْ مِثْلَ أُحُدٍ ذَهَبًا مَا بَلَغَ مُدَّ أَحَدِهِمْ وَلَا نَصِيفَهُ the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Do not abuse my companions for by the one in whose hand is my soul if one of you were to spend the like of the mountain of Uhud in gold, in charity it would not reach a single hands full of one of them not even a half of it. In a footnote they mention reported by Al-Bukhari as hadith 3673. And reported by Muslim. And it's from a hadith of Abu Sa'id al khudri radiallahu anhu. Sheikh al Fawzan said, commenting upon this hadith, meaning why is it that Muslims come in later on, if they, even if they spent a mountain of like uhud in gold, in charity, it wouldn't reach a handful of the spending of one of the companions. He said, Lifadlihim, because of their virtue, because of their virtue. So therefore whoever enters into those things that occurred between the companions and then something against them appears in his heart then this person is a zindiq. This person is an evil heretic. Meaning somebody who looks, tries to look, sees that the companions had a dispute or fought each other tries to look into it. And then if he does so, and then something falls into his heart against the companions, he has ill feeling against them, Sheikh of al Azan said, then that person is a zindiq, an evil heretic. And as for the person who says, we will enter into what occurred between the companions, from the angle of research, then this is something very dangerous and is not permissible. And therefore when Umar ibn Abdulaziz, Aziz, the famous Khalifa, Umar ibn Abdulaziz, Aziz, when he was asked about things that occurred between the companions, problems that arose and occurred between the companions, when he was asked about that he said Ulaikaum <laughs> tahallahu aidana min min dima'ihim, Fayajibu an Al Min Aradihim. Umar ibn Aziz said, "Rahimahullah." he said, They, mean the companions, they are a people whom Allah has kept our hands free from spilling their blood. So therefore it is obligatory that we keep our tongues pure from speaking against their honour. Then Shaykh al-Fawzan finished and said, And he, alayhi salatu wasallam, said, Will you not leave alone, my companions, for me? In a footnote, they mention, reported by Al Bukhari, with a very close wording to this, as Hadith number three thousand six hundred and sixty-one, from a Hadith of Abu Darda, radiyallahu that the Prophet sallallahu said, with regard to Abu Bakr, radiyallahu an, فهل أنتم تاركولي أصحابي. Will you not leave alone my companion for me? Me Abu Bakr radiallahu So Shaykh al-Fawzan said, So we do not enter into things which occurred between the companions. I mean problems and the like that occurred between them. We don't enter into that. Since this is what is required by iman. And what is required by being sincere towards Allah and His Messenger and His Book and the Muslims in general and the Muslim elite. The Muslim elite. (laughs) Alhamdulillah Muhammad. Any points of clarification? With regard to the statement of Imam Malik, with regard to he extracted from the ayah the sh- same ayah that Sheikh Al-Fawzan extracted, <laughs> The example of the companions was mentioned. Then it was mentioned with regard to companions, so that Allah should enrage the unbelievers by means of them, by means of the companions. Sotul Fat'h, forty-eighth surah, ayah twenty-nine. That Sheikh Al-Fawzan used this as an evidence to say, so loving them, his. Iman, loving the companions is Iman is true faith and having hatred for them is nivaq is hypocrisy and as we mentioned a side point not men- not occurring here but as a side point Al-Hafid ibn Kathir mentioned this. Is, Imam Malik used the same, in one narration he used the same ayah as an evidence amongst the other evidences, he used it as one evidence that the Rafid the Shia are Kuffar because of course they are enraged, they are enraged at the companions they have hatred for them, they become enraged at them, they curse them, and so on. So Imam Malik used that as an evidence that therefore the Rafi, the, the, the Shia, are kuffar. Those who disbelieve in, the, in two-thirds of the Qur'an, and those who say that all the companions except for a handful became <coughs> apostates, then the Imam Malik mentioned they are kuffar. And likewise, Imam al Qurtubi mentions in his tafsir that the ayahs from Surah Al-Hashar ninth Surah, ayahs 8 to 10, where it's mentioned that who gets a share of the booty of the Fay then the ayahs are mentioned, ayahs 8 to 10, then it's mentioned that a share of the booty goes to the muhajireen, the needy from the muhajireen, and the needy from the ansar, and those and then the third category of people the believers who come after companions those who say oh our lord forgive us and our brothers who preceded us in iman obviously first and foremost the companions and don't place any ill feeling in our hearts towards them the imam malik said about this ayah so therefore, anyone who has any ill feeling towards a single one of the companions, there is no share in the booty for him. And this is mentioned by Qurtubi in his Tafsir. I mean, that's a requirement. This what's mentioned that is a requirement for the believers who come afterwards, that they seek forgiveness for the companions, and they don't have any ill feeling in their hearts towards them. with regard to Shaykh uh, al-Fawzan Hafidhullah how he described the different levels of excellence that all the companions have excellence and that they're the best of the generations they have excellence over every other generation throughout history over everyone except the messengers the Rusul and the Anbiya the most excellent of people of, of, of all the people of, of course the Rasul the messengers and then the Anbiya the prophets and after that then the excellence of the sahaba of everybody else and he mentioned that, and then the companions themselves they themselves had different levels of excellence even the lowest of them was, had great excellence and he mentioned the different levels of excellence, the highest level of excellence amongst them are the four rightly guided Khulafa Abu Bakr radiallahu an, and Omar radiallahu an, and Uthman radiallahu an and Ali that they are at the highest level of excellence and companions and then next the rest of the ten who are directly promised paradise Abu Ubaidah, Amir ibn al-Jarrah Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas Sa'id ibn Zayd az zubayr ibn al-Awwam Talha ibn Ubaidillah Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, radiyallahu anham The second and the third level he mentioned is those who were present at Badr. Obviously, some of them, some of this level were present at Badr, but meaning those, not including the first ones. The next after them said so the third level, the people of Badr. Then fourthly, those who gave the pledge of Ridwan, the pledge of, at Hudaybiyah. Then fifthly, those who believed and fought jihad and spent before the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And sixthly, those who believed and fought jihad and spent after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, And then the Muhajirin in general, I mean the Muhajirin who haven't fallen into one of the categories mentioned here, and then, or as a general principle, the Muhajirin in general, and then the Ansar in general after that. and the la- last point being a general principle that the Mahajireen in general are have greater excellence than the Ansar. Yeah. As, for, as for if in the, in the later in the later days, somebody who's descended from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi then we have. As Shaykh al Al-Fawzan mentions, if in in the later in in later days and later later times, after the time of the companions, for example, or e- even in their times, but in our time, for example, if it's established that a certain person is from truly from the family of the Prophet ﷺ, then they have two rights over us: the right of believers, and secondly, the right of the, of being from the family of the Prophet ﷺ. But as long as that first right is there, as long as they have they have, they have iman, if they're kuffar, if they have left Islam, then they then we have, we have hatred for the kuffar. The fam- the, those who are unbelievers, then we don't have that. We don't have love for them. We have hatred for them. Like Abu J- as the brother mentioned, Abu Jahl and so on. We don't have love for them. We don't have love for them. Of the people of knowledge, they mention that this of Sheikh Al Azan. He mentions a, a, a brief and comprehensive definition of a companion: that he is one who met the Messenger, sallallahu whilst believing in him, and that he died upon that. So, meeting him doesn't just mean seeing him, as some of the scholars mention. There are some of the companions were blind, like Ibn Umm Maktum or the Allah but he met the Prophet, sallallahu So, he's counted as a companion, of course. Those who, those who are not physically able to see. See, then not, they're still companions. Blind companions are still companions. Say, because some of these scholars, when they define, well, some of these scholars. When they define, they say it's anyone who saw the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam whilst believing in him, and they died upon that. And likewise, Al Bukhari, Imam Al Bukhari, he mentions something like that at the in his Sahih at the beginning of the book of the virtue of the companions whoever can ref- go back and refer inshallah he gives that same definition of the who is a sahabi who is a companion then some of the explainers mentioned what it means is whoever saw the prophet sallallahu alaihi from those who are able to see as for a blind person then no of course not as long as he was a believer in him and he, he, he met him then he's counted as a companion Shuh, avarice—it is, is, contains misliness, as we said. It contains misliness and on top of that, it's a want. It's a want. It's, one, it's a want to a want to uh, seize unlawfully that which others have as well, or a desire for that, a desire to have that which others have, which is not lawful for you. Well, so then, some, some of them mention that as for bukhul misliness, that it can be w- withholding. In a a, a wrongful way Withholding what you need What you need to spend What you ought to spend That you want to withhold it And that shuh Is wanted to take That which is not lawful for you to take From others Wallahu And Al-Tabri mentions some of the sayings in that regard In his tafsir Yeah, Najashi. That, Najashi. The Prophet ﷺ prayed, prayed janazah prayer for him. The authentic hadith. Uh, the the Prophet mentions that a brother of yours has died in a in a foreign land in the Najashi. So pray for him, and he led the he led the companions in janazah prayer. I mean, the, the, obviously the Najashi is a title it means, ni- means the negus it's the same as a king or emperor or whatever it's the what the Abyssinians used to call their ruler they call him nadjashi the their king so this particular one he accepted Islam he received the call to Islam and he accepted Islam and he died amongst his people he, he kept his Islam secret he kept his islam secret from his people because they you know, they, th- they, th- they threatened him so he kept his Islam secret but he died upon it so none of his own people prayed over him so therefore the prophet Saallah he led the janazah prayer in Medina for him um, Shaykh Albani mentions a hadith in uh, Ahkam al is the book of Funeral Regulations. Rafidah, as for the term Rafida, then this is, the, this is the correct term for the Shia, the extreme Shia. The Shia like the ones in uh, the, Persian Shia, the Persian Shia, the ones who call their country Iran the ithna ashariya and the like, those, those extreme Shia who, who disbelieve in the Qur'an or declare that you know, disbelieve the majority of the Qur'an, they say this Qur'an that we have here is only one third of the true Qur'an. At the end of time, then the rest of the, the other two thirds will come down. Those, who say, and those, those same ones who say that the, all, the, all the companions became apostates, they left Islam after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa passed away, except for, and then they say a handful Four or seven or seventeen, a small number. So all the rest of them, all the hundred and thousand and more, they left Islam. They say, and that they are they are the Rafidah, the they are Rafidah Shia, and it means Rafidah, Rafidah. means to reject. And the scholars differ about what's, where the term come, the term their their name, Rafidah. That's the name. Of course, they don't affirm that name for themselves. They trying, anyway, whatever. That's their name though. But the Rafidah, the rejecters, basically. Some of the people said it means they rejected Islam because of the rejection of Islam. Others say no, what it meant was that they rejected um, alliance to Abu Bakr and Umar. They asked they asked one of the Salaf that what do you say about Abu Bakr and Umar? So he said, I ally myself to them, I have love for them, I ally myself to them. So they rejected him as, as their leader. Zayd ibn Ali. They rejected him. So they were called the rejecters because of that. They rejected him. They, they were called the Rafid <laughs> the <rejecters>. Wallahu rejectors. <laughs> <laughs> Homework. If anybody still hasn't learnt the names of the ten promised ten companions who were promised by name, promised paradise, all together in the one hadith. As we as we heard there are other companions mentioned by name as being in paradise, being promised paradise, but these ten are mentioned together in the hadith. To get a hadith reported by Tirmidhi and others, they mentioned one after the, after the other. Abu Bakr fil Jannah. Umar, Umar fil Jannah. Uthman fil Jannah. Ali fil Jannah. And to the end of the hadith. they mentioned all together. Abu Bakr is in paradise. Abu Bakr rather will be in paradise. Umar will be in paradise. Uthman will be in paradise. Ali will be in paradise. To the end of the hadith. So whoever still hasn't learnt those ten names, then homework is learn those ten names and then in addition to that whoever can find the kunya of each of them and where where he died and when he died obviously the sheikh mentioned that part of part of iman is having love for the companions from iman is loving the companions having love for them is a sign of iman and the more the more you learn about a person then the more you have love for them the more that we know about the companions the more you have love, love for them the very ba- obviously, the very basic level is to know the person's name, where he, where he lived, when he, when he died, and so on.